Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glicksman with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And Matt, Saguaro High School played a big role in the College Football National Championship. They did. They did. Old Keely Ringo coming up with a, uh, a game-stealing play. He had been picked on a little bit through, mm-hmm. the, through the evening. He had a little bit of a rough time up until that play. And, um, but, you know, yeah, that was, that was cool to see. And now he'll never have to buy a drink. Or a meal in <laughs> Athens, Georgia. No, probably not. Probably not. Yeah, yeah. That was, uh, yeah, good for him. You know, I, I uh, saw them in the opening game this year, and I remember seeing him as a starter and thinking, like, oh, I remember and he was being recruited. And, and yeah, you know, that was that was kind of their weak link was the secondary. And, uh, he, you know, he got picked on some in the SEC title game and then again in the championship game. But, yeah, he came up with the play and, you know, and I, it was a it was a redemption angle for the Bulldogs. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Kirby Smart finally gets over that hump and beats not only wins the title but beats Nick Saban. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Stetson Bennett shuts a lot of folks up, myself included. I was one who wondered, you know, could they really win a national title with Stetson Bennett? And and by God, they did. And he, uh, you know, game looked a little too big for him for the first three quarters. So I, mm-hmm. he, he made big plays in the fourth quarter, and, you know, what more can you ask, I guess? Well, you got your defensive battle early. Yes, um, yes. You know, the first half was just two offenses who Steel were goals. Yeah, struggling yeah. To, to make things happen, and yep. it felt like yep. a grind both ways, didn't it? It, it definitely did, yeah. You know, kind of, kind of that, you know, big game feeling each other out type of feel that you get a lot of times, and, and yeah, you know, being, being kind of conservative – uh, you know, I mean, if I saw Stetson Bennett roll to his right, throw it out of bounds once, I think I saw it about seven times in that game. And mm-hmm. It was really starting to get frustrating because one of the things I kept hearing about Stetson Bennett was, you know, he's the right guy because he can make plays outside the pocket. Like, well, let's see it. Let's see it. I've seen it when they're up, you know, 35 to nothing on Kentucky. But, uh, you know, let's let's see it here. Um, but, you know, to to his credit, you also don't want to make the killer mistake in a game like that, and he didn't. Yeah. Um, well, it looked like really, he might have. They were never really playing from behind either, Not which big. let him no. be conservative. They never got behind two scores, and I, I felt like that was key when, when it was 9-6 and, and Alabama had the drive in the third quarter that I think started on like their own two or three, and they they were moving the ball, mm-hmm. and, and they got in Georgia territory, and I thought, boy, if they score a touchdown, I feel like this game is, is maybe not over, but it becomes very unlikely George is going to win because they just didn't 10 points down in the second half did not feel like a recipe for success for them, but they held them. Then they blocked the field goal, um, which was huge. And then they finally, it was huge. I mean, that was a huge swing of events, you know, blocked the field goal. Then they, I think they took that ensuing possession. And that was the one where James cook had the big 60 plus yard run mm-hmm. and, and they scored, didn't pass the ball at all on that drive. Um, and, and, you know, then, the fluky fumble that looked like an incomplete pass, intentional grounding, but was a fumble and casually recovered and all, you know, they, they managed to overcome that. That felt like one of those, you know, here we go again. It's just not meant to be for Georgia moments. And boy, that, you know, from that point on, they, they blitzed Alabama. Yeah. Well, that play is one of those things that you always hear every year. You rarely see it be a problem in, in the national title game, but you know, play to the whistle. You know, right, right. Balls on the ground, you, know, you pick and, up the ball. <laughs> and and the Alabama guy, I don't think, had any real thought that he was recovering a fumble. I mean, no. I think he, he was just kind of casually, you know, 
the ball bounced by where he was and he grabbed it. And, um, it, you know, it looked like he was out of bounds and he wasn't looked like a pass. And I guess it wasn't. Um, I mean, that was, that was one of those that I feel like you can, you can watch that replay of what Stetson Bennett did and you can find what you want to find. If you want to find it to be a fumble, you can say, yep, clearly. Or if you want to find it to be a pass, you can say, well, he's throwing it forward. What are you talking about? Uh, you know, that was like one of those pictures that it's like, what do you see in this picture? Well, I see one thing, you see another, and I'm not sure which one of us is wrong. Yeah. But they, you know, it really did. It felt like, and then, you know, of course, Alabama scores there, and it felt like, God, here we go again. You know, this is going to be that, like, can you believe this happened moment? And, mm-hmm. and boy, they... The drive right after was huge. He comes out and big throw to Burton. They get the pass interference call that, you know, and he survives the sack and then, and then takes advantage of the offside and gets the touchdown. And, you know, from that point on, it was their game basically. Yeah. Yeah. And then iced with the pick. Um, yeah. And- yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, they, the, the drive when they were, when they were up one, like, you know, a guy who probably won't get enough credit except maybe in Athens, Georgia, is Samir White. Those, those were tough runs, just pounding out a couple of first downs, taking time off the clock, and then they, they got the little dump-off touchdown pass to Bowers. But the tough running there of him, I mean, he was he did it all year, and he came through when they needed it there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't comment on one of my favorite tweets was, the Ringer had an article, you know, Georgia solves mystery of how to beat Alabama. And yeah. then somebody else was like, 19 five-star recruits. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I did. I saw some about that too. Like, yeah, it gives, it gives hope to all those programs who can also have a bunch of five-star recruits or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's a good point. And you and I have talked about in, in recent years, how quickly Clemson went from like lovable upstart to, you know, hated favorite. And, and I think that probably we could see the same thing happen with Georgia that, you know, like there was that feeling of lovable loser underdog team and they needed to overcome. And then you look at what the, the roster is and what it's continuing to be. It's like, they're not an underdog team. They no. felt like one because they hadn't won a title, but, but they got a lot of talent and, and they're losing a lot, but they've got more coming. And yeah, I mean, they are, they are one of the heavyweights, and this just cements it as being true. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, a, a, a very good point. Like, yeah, it's a, it's it's not a model that all of us can look at and be like, well, see, Alabama's beatable. Yeah, if you, yeah. you know, if you have uh, a dozen draftable guys every year, then yes, Alabama's beatable mm-hmm. because they've got that many too. All ASU needs to do is put together four consecutive top 15 <laughs> recruiting classes. Right, 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 yeah. And, yeah, and I we're mean, right back in this thing. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I I do think, I mean, and I was probably guilty of it in a way that it, it felt like Georgia was kind of that, you know, not to the same extent, but kind of that Chicago Cubs lovable loser. They got to climb the mountain and, oh, my God, and, you know, but and maybe that was because they had a former walk-on starting quarterback, and maybe it was because Alabama had had their number recently. But yeah, I mean, you look at the roster in total, and it's—I mean, it's loaded. They're going to have probably you know six, seven, eight defenders picked in the first couple of days of the draft this year. Another handful that will get picked high in the next couple of years because they're not eligible yet. Uh, like they got plenty of talent. Uh, the, the quarterback may not look like you know. 
the same pedigree of what we've seen from national champions of late, but at every other position, they have that. Yeah. And, and at quarterback, they do too. They just didn't play them. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> they've got, uh, they've got three, five stars that were backing up Stetson Bennett, uh, you know, so it's not like they don't like, they lack talent there. They just, they just, uh, they found the right mix with him, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes you just, like, th- that to me is a testament to Kirby Smart. Sometimes you just know your team, right? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and he's he's taken some heat, and I think probably somewhat appropriately for, you know, the prior, you know, keeping Jake from and letting Justin Fields get away. Although that's one of those decisions that looks worse in hindsight. I mean, Jake Fromm got them within, you know, seconds of a national championship as a true freshman. It's not like he was a bum. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Fields goes on and has these great two years at Ohio State. He's a first-round pick, and Fromm's career kind of regressed. And so it's easy to look and be like, man, how could you make that mistake? And uh, it felt like we were headed down the same path this year. Oh, he's going to keep this guy who's just a walk-on, you know, nice story. But you can't, I can't believe you're keeping JT Daniels on the bench. And, you know, he, he, he made the right call. I'd love to know if something was amiss with JT Daniels. Was he still hurt? Like, mm-hmm. just seemed weird. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, this guy was the right fit for him, and, and good for him, man. What a story to, to go from, you know, walk on and then junior college transfer to, you know, starter of the national champions is pretty darn cool. Yeah. And, you know, the SEC wins another title. And Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's where football lives, man. That's just the way, it, like, you know, I think, what did I since the start of the BCS, I think I saw that 22 of the 24 champions have been in the in the southeast footprint. You know, mm-hmm. if you want to extend that to Texas and Oklahoma, which, you know, they're about to join the SEC soon. Um, you know, I think the exceptions are what? Ohio State, Ohio State, USC. Yeah. Ohio State won two and, and USC won, won the one BCS title. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's 21 of 24 or something, but... Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's it's notable. There, there's no doubt that that is where that is where the power base lives, and and right now there's no sign of that changing. Doesn't mean it won't, but but it's not right on the horizon or anything. Uh, since we're talking playoffs, I think we should briefly discuss that uh, the vote to expand was rejected yeah. by the ACC. Yeah, um, we don't. Frankly, we don't know how. The other conferences were going to vote. We all presume they would have voted to expand, but the yeah. ACC voted against it, and so no one else really had to actually vote. Cause right, because <laughs> it's got to be unanimous to to break this up before the end of the 12 years. And uh, you and I talked about, on text, some of the reasons why this could be, and, and I, I texted you, I didn't think this was very alliance of them because the Big Ten <laughs> and Pac-12 right. presumably wanted the expansion. Right, um, right. But, you know, the ACC, the point you made, I think, is valid. The ACC may have looked at the landscape and realized, hey, let's wait till we're all in a position to renegotiate our deals. Yeah. I mean, long term, it might be the smart play. Again, on the surface, it's it's easy to look and and think, well, like, you know, the ACC didn't get a playoff team this year. And if you expand to 12, they're going to get one every year. They might get two, you know, in in a good year. They could maybe get three. Who knows? You know, um. Uh, and and say, well, why would they be against it? And yeah, that's true. I mean, it's a fair question, but you wonder if it's maybe it's the right, smart, long-term play. 
you know, take the short-term hit, let the SEC continue to have its way over the next four years if they get multiple teams in like this year or whatever, okay? But, you know, be able to be able to take this deal to the market completely for, for TV rights, which, let's, again, not fool ourselves. That's what matters. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's, that's the calculus that matters. And, and we see something like what we have with the NFL where, you know, right now we're watching Fox – but then later today, CBS has a game, and then tonight, NBC has a game, and then tomorrow, ESPN and ABC have a game. And like, that's what I think is probably best for college football. Letting ESPN control that entire 12 team playoff is probably not good for the sport. You and I discussed last week Kirk Herbstreet and his outsized influence, and that would just probably grow that. Yeah. Um, I, I think the thing that makes me a little gun shy of that thought process is the, um, the Larry Scott of it all of sure. like, no, 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 sure. we're going to wait because it's going to be we're better if we wait. And it's like, right. You know, I agree. now this is a little different because they're able to hold up everybody as opposed to feeling like you're on an Island. Um, right. Right. Now that, you know, you're, you make a, good point in the sense and i think you know there's there's people who think well boy if we have four more years of this and the sec continues to dominate and the pac-12 gets you know alienated and the big 12 gets alienated does your you know does your demand decrease you know like does it become such a regional thing that outside the southeast corner of the country that you, you know like well is it that big of a deal i, I don't know I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that's a ridiculous thought because, you know, we've seen in our lifetime, we've I've, we've watched sports go from a position of relevance to a position of, of less relevance. Look at NASCAR, look at the NHL. Over the course of our lifetimes, both of them have peaked and slid. And, you know, I don't know that college football is immune to that possibility. It seems like it is, but I, I don't know that it is. No, it's it's kind of the, you know, it's the bias of proximity, right? Like, we can't imagine college football going the other direction, but right. it, it was, it, it, there was a time before when college football was not the be-all, end-all. Right, and, right, you know, you know and, and if you continue to take giant segments of the country and basically, basically tell them or they tell themselves i mean you know it's not it's not the sec's fault like the sec's responsibility is not to make the nation at large you know balanced but you know they're not putting as much money into it and as much effort into it and and so you're getting a playoff with alabama georgia and clemson on a regular basis and and so you're taking the northeast the west the midwest in many ways you know out of the equation you know long term that's that probably is not healthy for the sport. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, your point is well taken that, like, is a four-year wait smart? Can you guarantee that in four years the, the demand is going to be the same for this 12-team playoff that it would be if you did it right now? You can't. I, I, I mean, it might be. might be more. Maybe by that point we're, we're frothing at the mouth saying we've got to have something new. Give us anything new. Or maybe a lot of people have said, eh, you know, like I'll, I'll watch my team during the season. I'll, I'll tailgate or whatever, but I'm not really that interested in the national perspective because it doesn't appear that my team or my region matters. Yeah. 
I, you know, the question then becomes, you know, they negotiate this deal across everybody. Does the SEC's championship game deal rival it? In right, way, right, know? right. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, like I said, I, 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 you know, we think football is king, and, and it is. And the NFL has weathered its storm from two, three years ago where it felt like, you know, ratings were down and people were pushing back. And, you know, I read something, you probably read it too, that their, you know, average rating was was higher than, you know, any year since 2015 and attendance was up across the board. Now, some of that skewed by new stadiums that hold a giant amount of people. But still, attendance was up from 2019, the last year of full attendance. So they seem to have weathered that, but, but the NFL is different. The NFL is spread across the country, and it's not regionally dominated. You know, Tampa wins one year, and Green Bay wins another year, and Pittsburgh wins, and, you know, Seattle wins. And, you know, so so college football has a problem that the NFL does not, mm-hmm. which is that it feels like, you know, 25% of the country gets about 80% of the talent right now. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a mm-hmm. rough number, but I, I'm not sure it's that far off. Well, and part of how you you know, know that something like that is true is you see how much the West loses, you know, right. the K right. Thibodeau's aside, right. um, you know, these guys do go to Alabama and, and yeah. who cares about the academics at, at a certain point, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I mean, it, it, it was out there. We talked about it, I think before the season and it was discussed a lot during the season that, you know, the starting quarterback for Alabama, the starting quarterback for Ohio State, starting quarterback for Clemson, albeit they weren't as good this year, all from California. Uh, you know, the the opening day starter for Oklahoma from Arizona, uh, the, the end of season starter for Oklahoma from D.C. So, I mean, you know, like the areas of the country that maybe, you know, not that the Northeast and, and Far East Coast has always has ever really been a football power, but. Still, like you know, well, Boston you're losing got a Heisman winner in the '80s. They and, did, they did, know. yeah, yeah. You know, and and I mean, certainly the West has been mm-hmm. not that long ago, relatively speaking. You know, USC was the crown jewel of college football. You know, we were in college. So I know well, that and if longer go, ago as you know, time passes, but still, it wasn't that long. Well, but if you go back to the to 1990 forward, you got Colorado, Utah right. played in a New Year's Six Bowl. Oregon, right. Washington, Oregon's USC. had a great run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's plenty there and, and, you know, no USC's run, you know, didn't rival what we're seeing with Alabama. I mean, Alabama has now like what, 13 years running, been a, a national title contender, basically 14 mm-hmm. years started in 08. Um, USC's run was about half of that, but still it was a long run of, of excellence and, and year in year out, they were a contender. And, you know, not that it's all about USC, but they're the you, you know, they are, they are. And, and, you know, and maybe, maybe things will start to change with Lincoln Riley and, and you know, we'll see. Um, he certainly seems to be hitting the ground running recruiting wise. Oh, uh, he's just you know, bringing so, everyone from Oklahoma. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Current and, and future, it seems like. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, it's going to take more than just Lincoln Riley getting some fancy names to make the Pac-12 nationally relevant again. It helps, certainly does help. But, but you know, like, 
okay, let's say they get Caleb Williams. And, uh, are they a, are they a national title contender next year? I don't think so. That's probably an unrealistic expectation. But what you and, need and they, what you need is for USC and Oregon, or yeah. or Washington or whoever to both be ranked in the top ten. Yeah, you know, yeah, going into the conference title game. Right. It can't be a one team show. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yeah, it's uh, you, you got to the other teams in the conference. There has to be some depth. I mean, that's what the SEC gives you. Yes, Alabama is great every year, but you also had you know an LSU team that had a twenty eighteen and nineteen that was incredible. And you have Auburn that every four or five years seems to pop up with a, you know, a national title contender. And A and M is recruiting like mad, and you know, and putting together great talent. Georgia, obviously, Florida, Ole Miss. Yeah, yeah. You know, Tennessee's had a little bit of a tough run of late, but you know, in our lifetime, Tennessee's been a national power. Well, Kentucky Uh, had a had a run. Yeah, you know, Kentucky's probably still having a run. I mean, you know, like last three or four years, Kentucky's been a pretty darn good program. Yeah, you know, they're not. I don't know that they're ever going to win a national championship, but they're they're good for your depth in your conference. You look at them and say winning over Kentucky means something. Yeah. That's what the Pac-12 needs is is those mid-tier programs to you know raise their level. Well, ASU's of the world basically have to raise their level and and you know have those games matter more. If USC beats ASU, then it feels like well that was a significant win and not just like a, eh, yeah USC did what they were supposed to do. Yeah. Well, and then they need to still win, though. That's the other piece. They do. <laughs> they do. For sure. For sure. You know, I mean, it, and, and look, admittedly, some of that is probably on the nine-game conference schedule. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, it, that feels like it's something that's probably about to change with the, the alliance and, the, you, know, um, you know, the SEC plays eight conference games. That's, a, that's big. Mm-hmm. When you have a Florida team, and I'm going to use Florida because we saw them this year, that went two and six in conference – but they play four games out of conference. They won all four of those. They go to a bowl. And so we say, well, the SEC had 12 bowl teams. Well, they had 12 bowl teams because they beat up on the little sisters of the poor for four games a year, <laughs> basically. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, they played Florida State. And most of the time, that's a tough opponent. But their other three non-conference opponents were nothing. So they're, you know, yeah, I mean, an extra win every year, basically, for every program in your conference makes a difference. And it helps you sell recruits it helps you sell, yeah yeah you know. you know i mean it just it's a perception thing you know the sec had you know 12 of its teams have a 500 or better record well that's because they're playing less conference games if they were playing nine the math simply would not allow that many teams to have a 500 or better record mm-hmm. <laughs> just wouldn't it's you know this isn't a guess this is pure math uh so yeah i mean that makes a difference and probably is something that the Pac-12 and the Big Ten and the Big 12 will look at and go back to. I, I think, you know, it's logical that that's what's going to happen. Um, I just love I that you dropped a Vicky Valancourt, that ain't no guess. On, it's on not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not. It's not a guess. You know, like if 14 teams all play, you know, an FCS opponent over playing an extra conference opponent, well, the best they're going to do in that case is seven wins. Mm-hmm. Whereas in, if they're playing the FCS, they're probably going thirteen and one or fourteen and zero. Oh. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, when you have yeah, the SEC had what twelve bull teams. Well, Florida was six and six, LSU was six and six, Auburn, Missouri. If those teams are playing an extra conference game, not every one of them is six and six. Yeah. Some of them are five and seven, and they're not making a bull. Um, 
I want to pivot briefly um, to talk about what's going on with ASU. Um, yeah. You know, we, we've got a new defensive backs coach. Uh, all the, all of the three that. guys are still on administrative leave. There, there's rumors abound that Pierce is going to go to the NFL if he gets an opportunity, which, yeah. You know, yeah, he's on. Wasn't he on ESPN not that long ago with no ASU reference? I believe so. I um, believe so. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, and I, I got to be honest, I kind of wouldn't be sad if that happened. Well, I'm just Being kind of it. ready to. We're not getting the dramatic overhaul. Yeah, that I was wanting. Agreed. Agreed. So it's it's time to kind of like put that in the past i think as much as we can I, it just you know a year ago right now if we had had this conversation i think both of us would have been like oh man i don't want that to happen he's he's you know a leader of our good recruiting and he's maybe our future head coach and uh, you know but things change and and they have changed in a in a marked number of ways in the last you know eight months or so um yeah i just think it's best to you know, move forward with another approach. You're right. We're not getting the overhaul, but Pierce seems to be at the, at the center of any sort of like just ill feelings mm-hmm. <laughs> for lack of a better way. Well, to say and, it. and all and, around you know, he, yeah. he, he seems to have issues with the school. Right. Uh, right. The NCAA clearly has issues with him. Right. Right. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like at some point, in the very near future, whether it's two weeks from now or a year from now, he's probably not going to be here anymore. Mm-hmm. So why not just, you know, cut the umbilical cord and move on, mm-hmm. you know, like, <laughs> you know, like, let's just, let's just get on with it. Let's figure out who can, who we can bring in to run the defense in, in his absence. Maybe, I don't know if it's, is Marvin Lewis still an option? I guess maybe yeah. he was on the staff this year. Um, he hasn't know, been interviewed you know, for any NFL jobs that we know. He of. hasn't. Yeah, you know. So uh, I don't know. I I feel like that would be for the best for all parties involved to just like go their separate ways and thanks for the memories type of thing. Um, I know he didn't. He did an okay job this year. We we discussed it in text a week or two ago that you know Haller's kind of season review. He I think used the term you know he did a great job. I don't think he did a great job with this defense. I think they were. They were better than average. Well, and I'll uh, tell you if you if you're looking for an in-house replacement, someone who did a great job was Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah, great, agreed. Yeah, he's gotten the most out of his position group two years in a row. This year, you know, dealt a a bad hand before the season ever started with low leg getting hurt, and they were still pretty good on you know on that group. Um, so yeah, wouldn't wouldn't mind him. I mean, if he if he wanted to bump up to be the coordinator, mm-hmm. sure. Um, you know, I think that would be okay. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think defensively we were, we were fine this year. I mean, I, I'd say that about the offense too. And, you know, probably that's, I was thinking, you know, we, we said in December we were going to do a, you know, more comprehensive review and we probably should do that at some point, maybe after the NFL playoffs, and, you know, mm-hmm. like that was, that was this season. We were fine. You know, it was, it was all right. Um, but I, I don't think we did a great job. And again, you know, one of the things Howler said was, he was great at, you know, second half adjustments and for 11 games of the season, I, I guess that was probably true, but the biggest game he was not. 
Yeah. You know, the game that decided how our season ended was that Utah game, and no one should be patting themselves on the back for second-half adjustments in that game except Utah, because mm-hmm. we were completely dominated. Yeah. Um, it just feels like, and, and I, you know, it seems like you and I are on the same page on this. It just feels like the idea of running it all the way back next yeah. year is it's just like what are we doing? We're just well, it's 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 spinning our wheels. Mm-hmm. It's kind of what it feels like. It's almost it's almost like saying we can't really get better. We don't have the ability to go out and get a lot better players or a lot better coaches. So we'll just stick with status quo. And I mean, I, you know, we talked about this with Jade Daniels. Like, I get it in a way. You know, if you can't upgrade from Jade Daniels. Do you want to go get somebody who, you know, who stinks? I mean, he doesn't stink. I know I've joked. I've jokingly said no, that to you as recently as a few is, days ago. We're, <laughs> we're, we're surrounded by guys who can get us to seven and five, yes. six yes. and six, eight and four. Right. I, and right. now I think eight and four is our best day. Oh, you know. God, yeah. This coming year, I, I mean, yeah, I'd say so. I, I mean, it, you know, obviously it's a long ways from doing game-by-game picks, but, yeah, I mean, if, if we're 8-4 this year, I'll be pretty surprised, mm-hmm. given that I, I don't think we're, you know, we go we go to Oklahoma State, non-conference. That is no gimme. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, far from a gimme. Uh, so, I mean, that let's say we, you know, we lose that. That means we got to go 6-3 and three in the conference. No. I, I mean, right now I don't feel good about that. No, not at all. You know, so yeah, and and eight four, even if we do, is not great. I mean, you and I mean, you've said it a ton, and I've said it a ton, and we'll continue to say it a ton. Ray Anderson told us eight four wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. We're not. It's not just you and me. We're not like the the fans who don't realize that you know we should be content with eight four. He he sat there and told us that you know top yeah. fifteen in the country, top three in the conference. Well, eight four doesn't get that done. No, we're you're not, not top Vandy. In the country if you're eight four. We're not Vandy. We're like, oh, we made a bull. That's excellent. Right, right, right. You know? you know, so that's not enough. And and I don't know. I mean, that's the that's the tricky part about this whole thing is is you know, like I said, I mean, do you do you want to do you want to burn it all down and go you know one and eleven next year? No, I don't, because it's not the NFL where it's like, well, we might as well just tank and we get a high draft pick. Going one and eleven, you could suck again the following year. You're not you're not guaranteed to get better talent because you you sucked. Uh, so I guess yeah, you know, in a vacuum, would I rather go six and six? Of course, but it's frustrating when it feels like you know we're kind of going into a year and and keeping a program afloat that like the best we can do is win six or seven games. Mm-hmm. We're not shooting for any better. It feels like, you know, and, and it goes along with the feeling of like, and I said this to you a few times that I get the feeling from an outside perspective that there's a, there's a, there's a satisfaction about what was, what occurred last year mm-hmm. that, that we look and we're like, well, it was a pretty good year. It's like, no, it wasn't, it wasn't horrible, but, but we shouldn't be patting ourselves on the back for it either. No, it, it was a disappointment. Like had they done what they set out to do? And won ten games. Sure, I'd be like, okay, well, there's going to be some regression. That's the deal. I'm, I'm fine with that. Sure, but you won eight games, and everyone's like, 
hey, we were right in it for a couple of those other ones. Yeah. So? Yeah. 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 Uh, like, this was not supposed to be the year of of moral victory or, you know, well, we were close. And, like, you know, yeah, we were close. But this was this was the year where we were supposed to be more than close. Where, mm-hmm. where it wasn't like, well, boy, if we just had a better second half in Salt Lake City, we could have won this division. That's true. But, but, you know, this was the year to do that. Mm-hmm. Do it. Don't don't say it because because guess what Utah's really gonna be good next year like really good well, I think and SC <laughs> is so, clearly gonna have more talent yes, and Arizona's yes. gonna have more talent yeah you know yeah I mean you look at you look at the division around us Utah is a potential preseason top five team probably top ten for sure mm-hmm. um, now preseason you know things change change I'm, you know we're not saying that means they're gonna be great but they look like they're gonna be pretty darn good next year. USC, obviously, UCLA, you know, gets the DTR back, gets Zach Charbonnet back. I mean, it looks like they're going to be pretty good again. Um, so, and yeah, you're right. Arizona's improving. And so it's like, well, geez, if you couldn't take advantage of it this year, next year doesn't look, you know, any more appetizing. It's not like you're looking and saying, well, yeah, we're going to struggle, but everybody else will too. No. I mean, the, the rest of the division, maybe aside from Colorado, mm-hmm. appears to be taking a step forward. Yeah. And don't mind, don't mind, uh, you know, being upset if our comp is Colorado, if you're a fan. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to be in that mix. No, exactly. So yeah, I I mean, I just, I feel like we've, you're running it back is, is the right way to say it. Um, and and it's one thing to run it back if you went, you know, nine and three and you got a lot coming back and it's like well yeah we're gonna we're gonna keep this thing going because next year just watch yeah you know but we didn't go nine and three we went eight four uh we beat one team with a winning record and we lose a a, a significant amount that Hold on. we're not very good <laughs> so yeah i don't know just frustrating yeah it, it yeah look <laughs> First, apologies for the fact that Tina barked in the middle no of that. But, you know, she no was worries. asleep next to me, and then all of a sudden she heard the door open, and that was it. Gotcha, gotcha. You know. Thought maybe she was just fired up about, you know, too much contentedness with winning seven games. No. she Look, she was aware of the Ray Anderson press conference. And, <laughs> exactly. And if know. she wasn't then, you've made her aware since. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, man... It, it, it look it's just frustrating the thing is. is frustrating right now it is it is yeah yeah i mean it's just you know and I, hey it happens and and you know no one no one told us that being being fans was going to be all glory and no no frustration um but yeah it just it just feels like it, it feels like we're content to go seven and five next year and i gotta be honest i don't know if we're good enough to go seven and five that's the thing. Oh no, you, I, I'm very. If you told me right now we could go seven and five, we would. I'd say, all right. I'm not happy, but okay. But I mean, I can see us being four and eight. I can see it just completely falling apart. Well, and maybe this is the problem. Is is I'm now kind of expecting that. I, I'm yeah. expecting. I'm expecting our quarterback to go Rudy Carpenter on us. Ah, uh, yeah, I thought that too. And just, like, why you know, am I uh, here? This is stupid. This is yeah, a waste. Yeah, his last year being his worst year, mm-hmm. almost, rather than the opposite. Yeah, I, I could see that. And uh, the coaching staff, you know, 
the coaching staff's looking. If they're not, they're dumb. They're they're looking at other job opportunities. Probably. Um, or or you know, including TV opportunities or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it may not be with another team or in the NFL, but yeah, they're looking for next step. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, you feel like again the whole notion of run it back. Well, when you run it back without your best offensive player from last year, maybe your second best offensive player in Donovan West. Maybe your, best, your third your best, best most Deesh. consistent defensive player. Yes, certainly, you know, and, and your top two corners. And granted, neither of them were, you know, Deion Sanders or Champ Bailey, but, you know, they were well, good. But they, they were plays. good enough to start. And also, yeah. the, the guy waiting in the wings, he's gone too. He's Tommy gone Hill. too. <laughs> right, right. You know, so... So it's like, okay, we're running it back, but without some pretty significant pieces of a team that underachieved this year. I mean, it, it, the, the formula just doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, well, let's let's just keep it together. It's like, well, if you had pretty much the entire core, I'd feel differently because I'd think, all right, well, maybe we do take a step forward. But when you lose some significant contributors to a disappointing group overall. And add very and, little. <laughs> that very little so far uh you know it's like where where do you come up with the you know aside from just believing in magic you know <laughs> like where you know like yeah we could have that magical year and and i think we talked about that maybe a few weeks ago and sort of tongue-in-cheek both of us like, yeah we could you know everybody starts undefeated and and sure could we get hot? Could we, you know, maybe Oklahoma State's not very good, and maybe we we pull a couple upsets, and all of a sudden we're, you know, six and zero, and it's like, well, wow, this team, I don't know if they're that good, but boy, here we go. Sure, mm-hmm. but you know, there's not a lot of logic to that hope right now. You know, you're you're like I said, you're believing in magic. You're believing in, you know, that 2022 is just going to be the year that everything falls in line for Arizona State football. Could it be? Yeah. Likely, probably not. Yeah, likely seems. Yeah, tough. Yeah, so I don't know, but yeah, I agree with you about Pierce. I mean, going back to where you started, I, I, I hope he does, you know, find an NFL opportunity because I just think it's time to start turning the page. Mm-hmm. We aren't doing it at quarterback. We aren't doing it at head coach. We aren't doing it at offensive coordinator. So that's, I guess, the only place left. Mm-hmm. You you made the comparison when I texted you about Chip Kelly and like it said you know and it and it struck me very accurate. I say you know felt like that was a marriage that they couldn't find any better partner, so they just decided to stay together. And you know you you illustrated you know, pointed out Jade Daniels and I'm like yeah that, that kind of feels apt. Like no, we can't find anybody better. He can't find a better situation, so let's just stay together. Yeah. Sure, why not? I I didn't you know it wasn't like Oklahoma was banging down his door. No, no, yeah. I mean, it does sort of feel the same with like, now granted that, you know, the transfer portal has made it where guys are leaving it and you're sometimes thinking like, are you going to find a better situation? So, I mean, it wouldn't have shocked me if Daniels had left, but maybe he did the math and thought, well, you know, where am I going to go? That's a, it's a markedly better situation. And certainly I think probably Herm Edwards and, and the coaching staff, I thought, well, who are we going to get that's a, that's a significant improvement? Maybe no one. Mm-hmm. And then we're left with, you know, a, a guy who didn't see a single minute of action this year, whether it's Finn Collins or, whatever, you know, like, mm-hmm. well, do you want that? Uh, probably not. So you just make the best of it. Stay together for the kids type of thing. Yeah. 
<laughs> you know, like, eh, we'll see it through till the kids go to college. Yeah. Then we'll see if we can find somebody better. I saw a stat uh, on Twitter that, you know, ASU has lost this year six of its top ten recruits from the last Jeez. three recruiting Jeez. cycles in transfer. Yeah, Between, I didn't know that. I mean, I, mean, it's I Prano, saw Haller's Hill, thing about Wilson. the number of four-star recruits, but wow, yeah. yeah. You know, when you lose Trainum, Hill, Wilson, mm-hmm. that, that those are, that does, yeah. I think those yeah, are your top are... guys, like number one guy in each of yeah. those classes. Probably so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't think we ever actually talked about the Trainum and and the uh, oddity of that. I mean, you know, like I apparently you may have, you follow recruiting closer than me. He was considered to be a, a linebacker prospect as well coming out. Yeah, and now is gonna gonna go that route. So interesting. I, it makes it a little easier to swallow his departure that he's trying to change positions too. I guess. But couldn't we play him linebacker? Well, yeah, that's true. I mean, a good point, a good point, you know, but I guess in some ways I thought like, man, you know, you're, you're in a run heavy offense and you could be the number one back. Why are you leaving? Well, okay. I guess it does make a little more sense if he thought, well, I want to try the other side of the ball. Like, yeah. All right. And certainly Ohio state is one of those crown jewel programs and, and he's, he's from, from Ohio, Ohio, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, I get it. Um, but, but definitely struck me as odd. I had read it like a day before he announced his decision. I read some article that said, you know, there's some thought he is going to switch to linebacker. I'm like, wow, that's okay. Otherwise, it would have really been like, what? But, you know, I, I had no anticipation of that until I read that article. Yeah. But he, you know, that's a bad loss. The wor- To me, the worst one's Tommy Hill. Because sure. Wilson had a chance, and, sure. and you're bringing back the quarterback, and you had no... Right chemistry there so why not right. go somewhere else right but tommy hill it's like we're losing our top two corners yeah this guy everyone says could have started last year yeah why yeah. No. why was he not coming back you know? no, i agree i agree because yeah it felt like he was right in position to be you know the number one corner this year where did he go nebraska yeah yeah which is not exactly a booming program right now either no. You know, like, it's one thing to lose a guy to Ohio State. Well, or if All he right. had gone to, like, because I believe he was one of the California guys. If he had gone to, like, SC or UCLA. SC or something. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, those. But, I mean, you know, certainly Nebraska, you know, historically is a better program than ASU. But mm-hmm. in the last 15 years, probably about even, really. I mean, in the last five years, we're ahead of Nebraska. Most programs are ahead of Nebraska, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so, so to lose a guy, a, a, a very valued recruit to Nebraska is a little bit of a like, wow, uh, you know, like if that happened in 1995, you'd probably be like, okay, I get it. Sure. Mm-hmm. But in 2021, it's, it's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I agree. And, and he's also the youngest of those guys. Yeah. I mean, he was only here one year. Trainum was here too. Wilson was here too, you know, so by that point, you know, with Wilson, especially, I think, you know, like just didn't work mm-hmm. for whatever reason. It just wasn't working. But with Tommy Hill, we, we didn't have him long enough to know if it was going to work. Mm-hmm. I also am going to throw out there a theory that whoever it is that says to Doug Howler, oh, this guy's great at practice. He could be a starter is lying <laughs> to him. 
because we heard that about Elijah Badger and how great we he did. was. We heard that we about did. Tommy Hill. And yeah. It's like, okay. Well. Yeah. I think I think we might be reaching the point. We might have already gotten there a few years ago and just not known it. Where where we're becoming that you know that uh, seasoned fan where it's like, and I say seasoned, you could say cynical. Mm-hmm. Where it's like you know, yeah, these practice reports are great and mm-hmm. and it's exciting, but show me on the field because yeah, we've we've had enough guys who it's like, oh, look out for this guy, man. He's he's really tearing it up in spring ball or he's tearing it up in preseason camp, like every now and again that guy does actually deliver you know there, there's been a couple examples of like wow we, we heard it preseason and he's doing it but mm-hmm. more often than not it's like yeah well remember when we heard a lot about that guy in august and by november we're like what is he still on the roster yeah often that guy is actually still starting on the roster he's just not <laughs> he's just not doing much yeah <laughs> yeah so no i i agree i mean it's like you know that's uh, and i get it you know i mean we've We've discussed at length and probably will many more times the job that media has now. And, you know, I like we've talked about Haller and Jake Daniels, and I feel like Haller is really in Jake Daniels' corner. And I'm not sure why, mm-hmm. except to say that he probably doesn't have much choice but to be mm-hmm. because, you know, it, it keeps him on the inside of things. You know, I mean, because clearly the powers that be in the program are in Jake Daniels' corner. So if Haller comes out and says, Jake Daniels looks like he just doesn't have it, and why does this program stick by him? Well, you know, he might find himself alienated in important ways. Yeah. Yeah. So I get it, but it's also getting a little frustrating. Um, you know, reading, I mean, if that was another thing in that off-season or end-of-season review, like, you know, he admitted Daniels didn't have a very good year, but he was very optimistic that he's going to do his part to turn things around next year. Like, I don't know, man. I wish I shared your optimism. Well, one, I would hope he's going to do his part. Uh, right. But, you know, shouldn't he have done his part any of these prior yeah. off seasons to yeah. get prepared? Yeah, like, and, and Because the thing is, it's not like the struggles have changed where it's like, oh, well – all of a sudden now he's like making right. bad decisions with the throws, but the ball's coming out. Right. He's still slow on decisions, prefers to run, you know, inaccurate yeah. with the ball. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same problems that he had as a freshman, mm-hmm. but as a freshman, he showed he enough freshman. flash that you thought, well, if he can iron these things out, well, you know, now here we are two years later and it's the same issues. And, and honestly, probably some regression on some of the, of the good things. Well, he never, Aside it seems like now he never is playing in rhythm. Never. No, this no, season. no. I mean, the, the running has, has remained good, mm-hmm. but the passing has regressed. I mean, the, the passer that he was in 2019, he, he was better in 2019 than 2021. Yeah. And maybe the numbers don't validate. I don't know. Completion percentage. I know he had a good completion percentage this year, but certainly I think his touchdown to interception Dallas was much better in 2019. Horrible this year. Yeah. And he it wasn't one to one, 10 and 10 or something like that. Well, and then the other piece is he didn't like our offense really became trick play or big play or running. Yeah. Ball. Those were the yeah. three, like there was no bang, 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 you know, seven yards, no. 10 yards, 12 yards, you know, no. on three straight completions. It was agreed. Just, agreed. You never felt like on third and eight that we had much of a chance to convert unless he scrambled. 
You know, like that was that was the thing. And you know, like uh, okay, if they lose their discipline on the rush and he scrambles for a first down, that might work. But mm-hmm. besides that, yeah, you didn't feel like he could drop back in the pocket and find a guy ten yards down the field for a first down. Because mm-hmm. he didn't very often. <laughs> That's why we didn't feel that way. It wasn't like we were, you know, missing all the times that it did work. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not sure. There's still another season, obviously. I'm not sure how we're going to remember old Jade Daniels. Right now, I, I don't think it's going to be overly positive unless things really turn around this year. Mm-hmm. He's a guy who feels like, you know, if if his, I, mean, I hate to say this, obviously I'm not wishing this, but like, you know, if he had suffered a major injury between 19 and 20 and never played again, we'd probably remember him better than getting to see him play the last two years. Yeah. Because it would have been that sort of, you know, because you would have had Chris Farley, John Belushi sort of like, yeah. boy, if we could only have seen more of him, look mm-hmm. what he would have done. Instead, we've seen more of him. It's like, yeah, he did the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> and and almost got worse. Uh, you know, I don't know, I don't know. Uh, we'll see, we'll see. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not brimming with optimism for next year. You know, we got the Wyoming running back. Apparently, mm-hmm. he seems like a seems like a pretty good player. Um, although I was concerned that in Haller's uh, article about him, he mentioned you know durability problems. Like, oh, man, that's that's rough when you're already hearing that before he's taken part in a practice. Um, but you know, hopefully he'll be good and not all be there. And the freshman kid White, you know, maybe there's maybe there's pieces there to be a good running team again. And mm-hmm. you know, we'll see. Maybe maybe somebody will emerge at wide receiver. Apparently, Brian Thompson's coming back. I hear yeah, that. I saw that. Uh, so you know, maybe second year he'll be more acclimated, and you know, and we do have Buckley, Shelton, and Pearsall, and Badger, so, and, and Badger, and Chad Johnson. Yeah, so far. yeah. I mean, if you want to be optimistic, there's enough there to be somewhat optimistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't think there's so much there that you're like, well, how could you think anything but this team is going to be great? Um, but you know, there's there's enough there that it's like, well, all right, maybe. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, I certainly won't go into next year feeling like I did this year. Um, you know, because this year we both thought you know division title was very much a realistic goal, and I don't I don't see that being the case right now. And I do think it was a realistic goal. Oh, I think so too, <laughs> for sure. That's why it's a disappointment. That's why, yeah, hundred percent. And and you know. I, I mean, I know everybody's different, and you know, but that's that's one thing that that gnaws at me a little bit with Jake Daniels is like, you never see any like outward frustration mm-hmm. that things aren't going well. You know what well, I mean? Like, and that thing is a great thing in a game if right. you come back when you're down. Right. But overall, right. you made this point a number of times, and it's true. They treat him with kid gloves, and he acts like everything's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I know. Like I said, everybody's got their own style, and not everybody is Tom Brady and laying into their teammates on the sideline or Peyton Manning or you know. I mean, guy, you, you know, know winners. Like, right, <laughs> right, right. I, but you know, like, I mean, Eli Manning took a lot of heat for that early in his career. Oh, it just doesn't seem like he cares. Well, he clearly cares. I mean, he just had a different approach. Um, but with sometimes with Daniels, it just feels like, you know, when things aren't going well, he's just kind of like, eh, he's kind of going about his business and he's standing on the sideline. It's like, and I, you know, I want to see it. 
I want to see it get in a receiver's face and and say this this ain't cutting it. Mm-hmm. Like you know what what are we doing here? Light somebody up every now and again. Just show me you care. Yeah. Agreed. I don't know. I mean, I I, I hesitate saying that because that probably is unfair. He may care a great deal and you just don't see it on his face. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that he doesn't, but sometimes you just want to see that like outward. It's the same with her. We've talked yeah. about that with her. Like, like show me you're fired up. Graham yeah. used to, I mean, Graham used to lose his freaking mind sometimes, but mm-hmm. you knew that, that Graham cared. Like you never doubted like Graham was into it. Graham was upset when things weren't going well. Oh yeah. Now the Hawaii players would tell you, too upset. <laughs> Apparently cared too much, and he's no longer there, and that's a different story. But uh, you know, like, yeah, you could uh, be Bobby Hurley. We have our frustrations with Bobby Hurley, but one thing we cannot say is that Bobby Hurley seems like he's going through the motions. Like no. he he gets angry, sometimes too angry. You know, he, he's in officials' faces and he's throwing his jacket and he's getting tossed. It's like, all right, at least it seems like he is upset when things aren't going well. Yeah. Um, well, let's quickly pivot to the NFL playoffs. Uh, yes. You know, we've got a, a day's worth of games done. The, uh, Bills pasting New England. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was a beat down. And then the Bengals beating the Raiders first playoff win in 31 years. In case you weren't aware that that was what happened. <laughs> and if you aren't, you didn't watch the game. Yeah. Cause they, they mentioned it every other minute it felt like, but, uh, but yeah, you know, good for them and good for the Bills. Uh, you know, a couple of. Much like Georgia, you know, it was like, well, for those fan bases, you can feel like, all right, you know, I, I, I mean, the Bills have been tortured by the Patriots for a couple of decades now. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it wasn't Brady, but still Belichick and to get a home game and just to beat the tar out of them had to feel pretty darn good. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, the Bengals, good win. It was a, it was a good game. The, the erroneous whistle there on the touchdown yeah. looms large, but, you know, I don't think it decided the game. I mean, it, you know, it was a well, second the quarter. Whistle, the guy was open. and He was open. You know, yeah. And the whistle was while the ball was already in the air. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like it happened before the pass was thrown or something. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, if I'm a Raider was... fan, I'm pissed. But but still, I, I don't I don't think you can look at that and say, well, that changed the winner of the game. My, my favorite play call, by the way, was uh, the less than one to go. Bengals motion from shotgun to under center and then run a toss to Jamar Chase. With Chase, I saw that. That yes. was a great was play, play call because they Agreed. they clearly had scouted that if he came from from shotgun to under center, the Raiders were going to bring their whole line in to, to take away the sneak. And, yes. and as soon as yeah. they did that, you know Chase got to spring to the outside. Agreed. Agreed. That was a nice play. Yeah. Yeah. That, seeing more and more of that. I know the, the Mannings talked about that on one of those Monday Night Football games. That that used to be like a crazy gimmick when you'd hand the ball to your receiver, and that's that's a that's a pretty common thing now. You know the the uh, the Niners are doing it a ton with Debo Samuel, and he's almost a running back for them now. Like they yeah. just put him in the backfield and hand it to him. Mm-hmm. Well, and Cordero Patterson basically right. became a running back. Basically became a running back this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that is uh, that's no longer a weird gimmick thing. Now it's that's a pretty normal thing. But uh, yeah, you know, good. Good wins for both of them, and it, it uh, early, but it looks like the Bucks are are handling business as expected against the Eagles. I'm not not shocked by that at all. The only question here is, can the Bucks do this without uh, anyone? 
like on their offensive line having to oh, play, yeah i saw two guys injured. got hurt today yeah, yeah. Although, although i saw the jensen guy is back in i yeah. guess he's not he's not out but yeah worse and worse got hurt and god went out for the year antonio brown had his you know psycho meltdown we yeah. shouldn't be surprised by it but he had one uh so yeah i don't know i mean i'm not surprised at this result i don't I don't think today's game is going to tell us much about if Tampa can actually win the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Philly was, a, you know, Philly's a nice story. They overachieved by making the playoffs, but I did not see them going on the road and winning a playoff game. Well, when the stats were a quarterback comparison and Brady is the number one passer in terms of yards, touchdowns, right. whatever, and then it's all these rushing things for Hurts, right. and like Hurts is the best <laughs> running quarterback. It's like, right. Yes. Right. That's not I, a recipe you know, for success. In, in, it's you know. not. Not today. I mean, like I said, been a good year for them. I think it's uh, it's going to be, I mean, uh, you know, hey, the, the game's not over yet. But they're an interesting team in the offseason because mm-hmm. do they, did you see enough from Jalen Hurts to say he's your guy 100%? You got three first-round picks. Mm-hmm. So if you want to make a run at Deshaun Watson or, a, you know, a trade-up or take somebody, you know, I mean, might have you might have your pick of all the quarterbacks by the time their picks come up. Yeah, you know I don't know. They're an interesting one to follow. Hertz was good, but was he good enough to say like, yeah, we're gonna we're not gonna look at anybody else? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, I, I'm curious about that because it's not the you know it, it's not the offense that you would expect to succeed no. because he's not. Lamar Jackson. No, he's not. No, no. And, and like, do you see enough from him? I mean, it's, you know, it's kind of a similar scenario to his old Alabama teammate with Tua. Like they've both been good enough that you could say, Hey, we're going to, we're going to give this another run, but they haven't been good enough to say, yeah, we've definitely got our guy. Like they're, they're kind of right in that middle ground where you're like, well, should we look for someone better? Maybe, but if we can't upgrade, we could, we could give this another run with them. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and then later today and, and Monday night, let's talk about the idea of the Monday night playoff game. Yeah. What do you think? I personally am not a fan. You've yeah, made it this far. Really you shouldn't have to play on a potentially short week. I mean, I know that there's a chance that you'll have to play Saturday, but and I, now I assume I'm thinking this and, and I don't think they said Sunday. this, but they'll play and they can, they can announce that as soon as tonight because they'll know where that winner is going yeah. by tonight. Because exactly. the other two games decide, you know, so if the if the Bucks and Cowboys win, then the winner goes to Green Bay. And if one of the road teams win, then, the you know, Green Bay gets whoever, you know, I guess the Niners yeah. or Eagles, whatever yeah. it would be. If there is an uh, upset today, that team will play the Packers. That's it. Yeah, right, right. You know, so and, and so there is some, I mean, I assume that's part of the reason they scheduled that game for that. Or, or you yeah, could have done four or five in the AFC. Yeah, you know, so that you know you can put them on Sunday. I mean, that that is, it would be unfair to go to do a Monday to Saturday turnaround in the playoffs. That would suck. Mm-hmm. You you purposely don't do a Monday night game in the last week of the regular season for that idea, so you don't have a Monday to Saturday turnaround. So I would think that, but I, yeah, I agree. I don't I don't love it either. Um, it just seems like a, a, I get it. You want to take another night and you do it. Sure. We don't need it. Like the, we don't that, need it. it. It doesn't help the competitive balance. I agree. And, I and agree. There's nothing wrong with three days or three games on Saturday, three games yeah, three on, on Sunday. Sunday. I know. I agree. I mean, but it's uh, 
you know, what you just said, I think you could say about adding a 17th game and, and adding, adding two extra playoff, playoff teams. teams. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, did, did any of them really help the the competitive, you know, great, you know, the, the integrity of the league, if you want to use that term? I don't think so. Did any of but, them help the fan experience? I, no. I, if you're I don't a, think so. If your team was the seventh seed, I guess. I guess, you know, and, and I mean, look, here I am watching, you know, the Bucks and the Eagles, and if there wasn't an extra playoff team, this game wouldn't be on. The Bucks would have a bye, and the Eagles wouldn't be in, and so, I mean, I'm, I'm part of the problem, I guess, but but yeah, I mean, all these things are true. It's it's the same as, you know, the idea of an expanded college football playoff. Do we, do we really need it for, you know, determining a national champion? Eh, probably not. I mean, going to 12, the champion is probably still going to be one of the top four teams most times. But, you know, gives us more content, gives us more interest, gives it, you know, more more teams are in. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I don't love the Monday night game, but it goes right along with the other changes that we've seen recently, which is an extra regular season game, two extra playoff teams, just, you know, more, 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 more money less problems for the NFL, I guess, basically. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you wonder if eventually, like we're talking about with college football, eventually, you know, does the, does the bubble burst? Maybe. There ain't no sign of that right now. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either, but I, I I don't, ultimately, I don't love it. And in part, I don't love it because that is the game I'm the most angsty about. And I just, I wish it was over already, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so like, I really wish it had been yesterday or like this morning or something, but you know, I got to wait it out, I guess. See who wins. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll talk about that. We'll, we'll look at, at some point, we'll look back at ASU basketball who returned to just get yeah. worked by Colorado on Ike Diagonite. Yeah. 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 Good for Ike. That was, that was cool to, you know, and then I'm not sure why it took so long i guess maybe just a scheduling thing but if appropriate he should have his number up there and i'm glad for that but uh yeah the the current product is just rough I, did you read hallard this morning about how they've lost their identity since they left vegas in 2020 yeah that... couldn't argue with him no. <laughs> he, was, he was right like you know like the last couple of years have just been rough with with not a tremendous amount of hope that it's getting better um and that's the worst part. It's one thing to go through a rough time, feel like, you know, good things are on the horizon. I don't know. I'm not seeing that too much right now. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that in depth. We'll do an ASU breakdown. We'll talk NFL playoffs. Uh, until yes. next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben Matt Sportscast.